Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. So much to talk about. Get at me on social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. Chime in on the topics today. We're going to talk about Adam Schiff coming clean. He was on The View today with Morgan Ortegas. We're going to get to that in a second. Plus, Joe Biden, right? CNN is reporting that Joe Biden is at his lowest approval ratings Ever. And that's fake news CNN. Sometimes even a broken clock is right twice a day. And that's the uh, situation I think we're in with CNN reporting that good old Joe Biden's in bad shape. I'm looking at this article. CNN poll reveals that Biden's approval is at an all-time low. One year out from the 2022 midterm elections, 58% of Americans say that President Joe Biden hasn't paid enough attention to the nation's most important problems, as a majority of Americans disapprove of the way he's handling his job as president, according to a new CNN poll conducted by SSRS. This is bad news, because this is their guy. They cleared the field for him, right? They, they cut the deals. Buttigieg, you become transportation secretary. Yang, you beat it. You can run for mayor. This one and that one, Kamala, will make you Kemalaitis um, in the vice president's office. They made all sorts of deals, and this is what we've got. Now, the only person that's got ratings that are worse than Joe Biden's is Kamala Kemalaitis Harris, the vice president. And maybe that's because she's been ignoring the border and focusing on racist trees. Now, I know you're like, what? What are you talking about? Racist trees? Well, she sat in on this NASA meeting uh, a few days ago, and the most pressing question, when she's our border czar, the most pressing question she could come up with was, well, the racism that has to do with how trees are allocated. Check this out. Climate adaptation strategies. Can you measure um, trees? Part yes. of that data that you're referring to, and it's in EJ's environmental justice, but you can also track by race their averages in terms of the number of trees in the neighborhood where people live. Tracking the number of trees by people's ethnicity because she is a woke climatologist VP, right? Que mala eres. She's really bad at this. She really, really is. And look, while nobody's keeping track of good old shifty Adam Schiff for brains, the congressman from California, and his approval rating or disapproval rating, I'm sure he would do very poorly as well. Why? Well, because he's got such a, how do I say it? Odioso, like my mom used to say about me. He's got such a hateable personality. You know, I really do try to get along with most people. 
But Adam Schiff for brains? I don't know. I think he kind of goes out on a limb. I don't know. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. But he joined Morgan Ortega's. Now, Morgan Ortega's, you've seen her on the Fox News channel. And she was the spokesperson for former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And she was on The View today. And I want you to hear their exchange. It's about a minute and a half long. So I want you to get the full context of it. And there's some funny clips. And we'll cut those out and play those again. But I want you to hear the full exchange. Because she really calls him to the carpet. And he has to come up with an excuse about why he lied when he said that the Steele dossier was the truth, unequivocal truth. He had all the evidence. He had all the proof. Russia, 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 right? And now it's not just Trump saying it. Now that somebody's been arrested, three people, right? Three people have been arrested, including an FBI lawyer for faking documents. And we talked about this in the last episode. And if you missed that episode, make sure you catch up on it. But this is not a new story. It's been around for a while. But new parts of the story are coming to light. So here is Adam Schiff for Brains on The View with Whoopi and the rest of the crew and Morgan Ortegas in the conservative chair. Check this out. News a lot right now. Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted, uh, and they are. Uh, and unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I just want to stop that real quick. Quick deflection, right, to trash Trump, throw Trump under the bus, do what he can to make sure that this doesn't fall on him. But let's continue. Uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. If people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. Now, hold on. Before we check out what we learned, why wouldn't you know if somebody's lying to the FBI? I thought you were the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. You're supposed to know this stuff. Mr. Schiff, or I should say, Congressman Schiff for brains. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign. Well, he may have been fired, yeah. but the, the effort to get Russian help continued, and even beyond the effort to get Russian help, but you the may president have also spread Russian disinformation get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But, but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did. Uh, into inciting an insurrection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. Well. <laughs> Mike drop. Now, look, he said a lot of things right there, and, and we're not going to spend all day taking that stuff apart. But I will say, okay, so when Trump says, Russia, if you're listening, 
and he invites the help of Russia. While that statement may be factual, this was very sticky campaign talk where he says, Russia, if you're listening, get your hands on Hillary's emails, right? This is not some sort of official call for the government of Russia while he was a candidate to be involved in the campaign. Now, moreover, Manafort's involvement, this stuff is very, very spotty here, right? He gets locked up. All these different things happen. He wasn't colluding with spies to create a false narrative. That just wasn't the case. That was the case for the Clintons. So if you hire some troll bots, farms, whatever it is, uh, different people to do oppo research and things like that, you're not necessarily uh, colluding and, and committing espionage, whether that company's in Lithuania, Russia, or anywhere else. And the big thing they got Manafort on was uh, if I'm not mistaken, right, was not registering as a foreign agent because he did some attorney work in Ukraine and in Russia. I mean, they've tried to do this to Rudy Giuliani. They've tried to do this to a number of people. It doesn't change the fact that Schiff lied and used phony data to create a phony case to impeach the president, or at least to set the stage. Then the stage is set, then he comes up with the phony phone call. Now, the phone call is real, but there was no quid pro quo, right? And that was this, uh, established and, and determined by Attorney General Barr's letter as well as the um, initial investigation into all of that with Mr. Mueller. So all of that being said, this is where we are today. Adam Schiff still in the limelight. He gets on The View to say silly things like what he said towards the tail end here. For inviting Russia to help them in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, <laughs> inciting an erection, that is what they're blaming on Donald Trump. They're blaming Trump for inciting an erection. Now, look, this is part of the problem that we have in the United States. This is part of the problem that we need to correct is that these politicians, they play fast and loose with the truth and it's enough to drive anybody crazy. Now, I don't know if Adam Schiff actually has mental health problems or not, but I know that if so many people watching this, they get stressed out, they get anxious over hearing these things and think, how can these people say whatever they want to say and not be held to account? This is why there's so much talk about mental health on a regular basis. It's part of the global conversation wherever you go. It's not just on the public stage, but also on a personal, everyday level. People want to be healthy and sane. So for many of them, I say stop watching politics, right? Uh, because you got to try to make sense of this stuff. But learning to manage our own daily stress and anxious thoughts and feelings is something that everybody wants. But so many people don't even know how to do it or where to begin. That's why I like Noom dot com slash this is America. Noom is a mood app. It's, a, it's an app that helps you with your overall wellness, helps you with your diet, with hydration, with a lot of things. It's a really terrific app, and I've been using it personally. Noom is backed by science, and that's N-O-O-M. They have these little lessons and articles that are based on psychological principles that teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. Noom holds your hand. It's coupled with one-on-one -on -one coaching. My coach's name is Lori, and that's pretty encouraging as you go on this journey. Because everybody wants to be healthy. Noom has experts in behavior change. They've helped millions of people through their weight loss. So you know that they can help you tackle your stress too. Because once you get stressed, then you start to stress eating. 
At least that's what I do. I know one too many fast food drive throughs This app is accessible, it's convenient, and it only takes about 10 minutes a day. You can do it wherever you are and whenever you want. Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash this is America. It's time for you to worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your personalized trial at Noom.com slash This Is America. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash This Is America. N-O-O-M dot com slash This Is America. Now, straight ahead, we're going to talk about what Kanye West had to say. He said he's still rocking his red MAGA hat supporting Donald Trump, plus a couple of other crazy things on the culture front. Listen to this one teacher. We're going to get to that in the third segment. What she says about what she can teach your children you're not going to believe this stuff. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez with an S, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. What's up, America? Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening because without you, we got no show. So make sure you give us a follow on social media so we can keep in touch. I've been seeing uh, some growth on Instagram. I don't use it as much as I should, but I will if you promise to meet me there. That's at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media, Getter, Parler, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't discriminate. Now, we were talking about Kanye West before we went to the break, and Kanye West was on tape this weekend. I believe he was on Nori's podcast, and The Drink Champs, which is a great uh, hip-hop podcast, by the way. Really, really good. And he, um, he keeps it real. And I love that about Kanye. He always keeps it real. So I want you to hear what he had to say. Check this out. You know, it was really hard for me to get in contact with both of them in all actuality. I had to tweet to but really... you had a red hat on at the time, though? No, no, this is after I had a red hat, but I still got a red hat on today. I'll let y'all know that. <laughs> I might not got it on, but I'll let y'all know where I stand. Confirmed? Okay, so that's Kanye confirming that he is still a supporter of President Trump's. He's got his red hat on. Good for him. God bless him. Now, I, I beat him up the other day on the podcast saying that, you know what? I couldn't believe that he was going to sit down with Eric Adams. Now, I, you know me. I always support meeting with the other side, talking with the other side. I don't like what the other side does, but I don't believe we should hate them. So I'm glad he's still wearing the red hat. I, I am disappointed that he was meeting with Eric Adams because Eric Adams is a true disappointment. Free speech matters to me. That's why I don't hate the people that I disagree with. I believe we should have a dialogue and try to at least understand the other side. But I agree. Some people are so far gone that there's no basis of common ground. For example, if I believe I'm standing on the floor and you believe I'm standing on the ceiling, it's going to be very difficult for us to have any type of dialogue where we see eye to eye because the common ground just isn't there. 
And that's idealism when people create their own truth and it's running amok. The real problem, in my opinion, or at least one of them, is the redefinition of language. It, it's putting a lot of people in very difficult situations. You might say, I'm not afraid of gay people. And they'll turn it to you and say, but you're still a homophobe because we've changed the definition of that word. It now means that you hate gay people or have an adverse opinion of them. And now all of a sudden you're a homophobe. Even though that phobia suffix, you know, comes from the Greek for fear. So you might say, well, I hate sin and I don't hate the sinner. And they'll turn around and tell you, well, who are you to determine what sin is? Because the secular humanist left feels that you have no right to free speech, no right to your own opinion, no right to believe in God or any other faith tradition, because that opposes their very worldview. And this is an interesting topic here, because this premise essentially delineates that your existence, if you believe your existence is rooted and based in God, opposes their existence in their mind. I could care less how many atheists there are in this world, as long as I'm allowed to believe in Jesus. I'm good. But many atheists see you as an obstacle, as an adversary, as an enemy to the progress, quote unquote, that they want to make. And this is an interesting thing because, look, let me put it this way. I went to the Cuban spot that I like to go to. When I don't use my greca, my little cafetera, stovetop uh, espresso maker to make my own cafecito right here in my house, I go to the Cuban spot and I got a cafe con leche and, you know, whatever else looks good there. And I went there today and I saw the guy. He's like 40-something. He's probably been in the United States for 20 years or less came here as a 20-something-year-old. And I joke around with them. I always throw them off. I, I always say, you know, I say, hey, good morning, buenos dias, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, right? I joke around. I use it all year. Until it's Christmas time, then I'll change it up to a different holiday. And, and they look at me and they go, oh, Merry Christmas, Richie. So it's a little funny greeting that we have. But I, I decided today to ask them because in Puerto Rico, there's such a rich tradition of how they celebrate Christmas. Right? They have the parranda where people actually go Christmas caroling to their neighbors and picking up neighbors along the way after like midnight mass, la misa de gallo. They go out and they drink uh, coquito, you know, like Puerto Rican eggnog. And they have a great time singing in the streets. And this is a, a big Puerto Rican tradition. And I know they do it in other parts of the Caribbean. So I kind of assumed or presumed that that was probably similar. And I was wondering what type of nuances there were in their native Cuba, the, both the cook and the owner. So I said, how do you guys do it in Cuba? The owner looks at me and he goes, no, we don't celebrate Christmas in Cuba. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's busting my chops. And then she looks at me and she goes, no, no, no. Fidel would never allow that to happen. The, the communist government doesn't allow that. And then I realized they weren't kidding. Communists are the Grinch. And this is a reality that I was just ignorant of. I had no idea that they weren't celebrating Christmas in Cuba. And then she went on to tell me about how, you know, after the Obama administration came into power, they started to allow internet and Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So YouTube and Facebook became a thing in Cuba around 2008. And how her nieces would complain about, you know, why doesn't Santa come to Cuba and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And the other one was telling me that, you know, in Cuba, they don't know that they're oppressed because they don't know anything else because the information is so tightly held that they just blame the United States for everything and that's it. And I thought, wow, it's so similar to what's happening today with information where people just get all their news in one place. If they get it from social media, from Twitter, wherever it is, 
it's hard to get the dissenting opinion unless you really go out and look for it so you can balance this and say, what news is actually news? And yeah, we're in a dangerous spot as Americans, but not so dangerous that we have to have a civil war. And this is something that comes up all the time. Everybody feels so frustrated that this is the bottom line. What else are we going to do? What can we do? What can we do? It, it hurts me, obviously, because I love the country and I don't want to see us get to that point. But it also makes me feel like, you know, come on, you've got more. I know you've got more. You've got more originality, more creativity, more fight in you than to just sit here and think that it's going to come down to that. Now, I get it. It may come down to some version of that, but not necessarily what I think, at least what comes to mind when you say civil war, I think of what happened in the United States. And I don't see a repeat of that coming because I think that was unique and it, it happened at that time. But I could be wrong, but I'll make a bet with you, at least a year long bet. Right, And hopefully this is legal, but if there's anybody that's listening right now, I am willing to make a wager with you that in the next 12 months, there will be no civil war. There'll be more indoctrination and more of that crazy stuff, but there won't be a civil war. And I can say that very, very confidently. And I will bet you, uh, I will bet you wh whichever piece of This Is America merch, we don't have a lot, right? But we have the um, American flag mesh back camouflage kind of uh, trucker hat that says Liberty Loving Latino Amigo, or you can get the uh, the red Liberty Loving Latino Amigo t-shirt, or the blue This Is America Rich Valdez t-shirt with the logo on it. Any one of those, if we have a civil war before the next 12 months, I will mail this stuff to you. Now, hopefully the, the Pony Express and the USPS or the, the wretched Amazon.com will be working, but I will make sure that this stuff gets to you if I'm wrong. But I'm extremely confident that it won't. Because people are extremely tolerant, especially those that are conservatives. You see, for a civil war, you need a general that's going to switch sides. Somebody that we really don't have today in our military. Most of the generals that we have right now that actually give a damn, they've retired. They no longer have access to the thermal imaging, to the tanks, to the Blackhawks. Maybe they could hijack it. Maybe they could even buy it privately or get it from another country who may want to get in on this if that were the case. Maybe they want to stage this military coup, but I wouldn't recommend that. And I really don't think that's going to happen because I, I just really don't. There's so many reasons why. And I really try to push that out of the, the, the conversation because people seem to kind of lead with that. They're like, all right, these guys are out of control. What do we do? <laughs> and right away, what do we do means, you know, form a militia and remove the government. And while that's in our documents, we, you know, I talked about this on Levin the last time I filled in. And I'll be filling in on Levin again two more times uh, next month. So I'll let you know about those dates. And I will cut an excerpt of what I talked about from Professor Randy Barnett's article and uh, put that into the podcast stream as a special edition so that you guys can hear um, his thoughts and my analysis on his article. Because it's a really good article he wrote seven years ago about why when the Declaration of Independence says that we should take back our government it's not necessarily that way. And he, he gets really into it, and uh, he's a brilliant mind when it comes to the Constitution. Uh, Mark Levin himself, the great one, is a fan of his and has him on the show regularly. But the, the recipe, the formula, the, the stars and the moons colliding, you don't have it right now. It's just not there. So I think these extreme scenarios are just not the case. Even if you look at Europe, right, or you look at uh, Australia, they, the things they're doing in Australia, they're not even doing that in all of Europe. Because these heavy-handed Marxist-type fascists, when they do what they do, they test it out on a small area, and they really believe in incrementalism. Another big thing that is big with Marxists, not so much with fascists, is that they do not want to use the 
actual revolution. They just want to use the threat of the revolution. And moreover, it's always a cultural, intellectual revolution. They don't want to bang open your door and steal stuff. It's not a smash and grab. This is subversion. And it has to be that way so they can smile in your face and shake your hand and say that they're the good guy. That's paramount to the Marxist and, as Mark Levin coins, to the American Marxist. So I just wanted to go on that little Civil War tangent because I hear it just all too often and I really, really, really want to put that out there. Instead, I think we need to focus on making the government that's worked for many, many years actually work for us again. The government isn't the problem. It's the actors in government that are the problem that are acting in contravention of the spirit of this nation's founding. President Trump was brilliant in his use of military power. As as president, what did he do? He didn't need to bomb Iran. He just sent a crushing blow to them when he took out one single guy, right? General Soleimani and then the other guy, the butcher of Baghdad back in the day or whatever his name was. He died like a dog, right? No war necessary for El Trumpito Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States. That's where we have to put our focus, taking out key individuals. And yeah, you can do that by a primary. Yeah, you can do that by a hard-fought race. No question in my mind that you can do it that way. You could start a pack. There's a lot of ways that you can go about this stuff. And I get it. Listen, I I don't want to be the the guy that rules out defending yourself. I'm not. It's that the attack isn't a physical one. If they're not firing a shot at us, why on earth would we fire a shot at them? We've got to fight the fight that's that's being fought. And I was scrolling before on social media and I saw this video and I believe I shared it. If you want to check it out at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on all the other social media. And it was of some conservative uh, pro-life activists in college that got permission on their campus to set up like these little red or pink flags to commemorate uh, lives lost to abortion. And they made a little heart and they put it on, on the, uh, the grounds in the quad or whatever. And these two girls, very nasty, they come along and they just start stepping on it and pulling the flags out of the ground and destroying everything. And I thought to myself, why is it that we never have a viral video of the conservative losing their top and throat chopping somebody? And the reason is because we truly are tolerant. Because we believe in liberty, it's why I don't want to hate the left. Because I'm willing to sit down and, and, and break bread and talk and do whatever or have a phone call. If you get nasty, I get nasty. But I don't mind having the conversation. I think it's critical. It's important that we do these things. Because if we don't, where are we? These girls didn't care to have a conversation. It was two girls and two boys. The two boys were the pro-life guys, or at least one guy was a pro-life guy. And the other guy was just saying, don't mess up his property. Don't mess up his protest, his demonstration, his exhibit. And then they got on him because he was saying that you shouldn't be damaging people's property. And I thought to myself, you know, I've got a kid that's in college and I would hate to think that this is happening to her if she decided to take a stand on an issue. But that's what's happening in college campuses across America. And I think, okay, I commend their restraint. I commend all of it. They took the high road and that was appropriate. But it makes me think, how do you stop a bully? Right, and that's essentially the question that people keep asking me. At what point do we? At what point do we? And I don't know the answer, but I do think if someone is actually damaging your property, and someone is actually, you know, like physically causing damage to something that's yours, you have that right to protect your stuff. You also have the right to back off and call the cops. 
I think that is an individual choice that people need to make on their own. But to me, I think, you know, you got to play it right. He was a boy. She was a girl. I guess he didn't want to hit her. But you, maybe he could have pretended he was playing basketball, a little defense, gotten in her face, putting his hands up, running side to side, a little zigzag to, to make sure that they kind of got away from his stuff. I don't know. Maybe that might have been viewed as him being aggressive or them saying, don't touch me. He probably did the right thing. But I just got to say, does that embolden them or does that deter them from doing it again? That, you know, a, a passerby tried to correct them. I don't know the answer. I'd love your thoughts on this one. Uh, hit me up on any of the socials, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez, because I feel like right now the time is ripe that for people, right, that are ideologically conservative and pro-family and pro-America, small government, lovers of liberty. We need to become the politicians, the judges, the FBI, the radio hosts, the whomever, whatever part of our lives that affects other people, we need to be those people and reclaim the mantle of leadership in our government. It'll take some time. It's going to take a lot of effort. Yes, it will. But it's doable. And in my opinion, it's the only way that we will actually bring about any change, genuine change, so that we can have the America we've always had and loved. The minute we actually use a military coup that some people I've heard uh, suggest to correct the political pro problems that we have in Washington, America dies at that moment. That becomes the new normal. Every single time we don't like what the government does, whoever's got the biggest gun wins. We have to look at the Constitution. We have to look at the founding. We have to do things for God and for country, not for the sake of, of, of just winning and losing quickly. It's a long-fought battle. And it's got to be one that we're in for the long haul. Anyway, don't move a muscle. I'm going to get to a couple of more things in the next segment. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I have this um, question, question of the day from our buddies at JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com slash Rich. If you want to sign up for their newsletter, Go to justfacts.com slash rich and you'll get all the free information they have. And they have some tremendous uh, information. This is probably one of the best think tanks outside of Washington, D.C. that uh, I know of. And is they've got primary source data that, to me, matters because they're not trying to sway you one way or another except for by the facts and towards the truth. Now, the question of the day from justfacts.com slash rich is this. In 2012, what portion of non-citizens in the U.S. were registered to vote in violation of laws that prohibit non-citizens from voting in the U.S.? Now, let's see. I have to select an answer. I'm going to go with about 10% in 2012. Let's see if I'm right. I'm wrong. In 2012, it was 20%. Laws in all 50 states generally forbid non-citizens from registering to vote in federal elections, but enforcement mechanisms are limited, and the vast bulk of illegal immigrants have fake IDs that can be used to register to vote. Therefore, a 2012 Harvard YouGov survey revealed that 14% of non-citizens stated that they were registered to vote, and 9% stated that they definitely voted in the 2012 U.S. presidential election. In addition, database machines with consumer and voting records show that 22% of non-citizens in that database were registered to vote and 12% voted in the 2012 election in the United States for president. Wow. 
And it goes on. You can read that, check it out, and get the uh, free messages to your inbox from Just Facts. That's Just Facts, J-U-S-T-F-A-C-T-S dot com slash rich, R-I-C-H. That's my name, justfacts.com slash rich for free data that you can use when you're arguing with the left. Now, speaking of the left, the left are some crazies. This one's interesting. There's uh, a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, but I'm going to go into this teacher because I, I like to always reflect on the culture war. And this one's an interesting one because this particular teacher, she's, uh, I don't know, what I would call a whack job. And, <laughs> and they hired her anyway. She's got purple hair. Uh, I'm getting this from Libs of TikTok, one of my favorite Twitter accounts. They always have the best stuff. They curate the best crazy, progressive, liberal, nut job lunacy and they put it out there for all of us to enjoy. Now, this woman, her name, and I'm going to get this queued up here. Her name, I don't want to mess it up either. She's a teacher in California, and she goes by the handle at Hey Kitty Girl XX on TikTok. And she says, Well, look, we can't be fired. So forget whatever concerns parents have and just teach social justice anyway. Yesterday, I heard a coworker say, I may not bother with the social justice content. The parent pushback just isn't worth it. But here's the thing. Allyship abandoned the moment that it challenges others or receives pushback isn't allyship. And second, parents aren't always our adversaries. For every one parent that pushes back against social justice content or your pursuit for educational equity, there are several others that support you and are in your corner and your pursuit to achieve equity in education. And we're not in a right to work state, so we can't just be fired just like that for discussing social justice in the classroom. We live in a union state in California. So this individual has no genuine fear of being fired on the spot for pursuing educational equity. They just don't want to be inconvenienced by talking about it. You're not putting yourself on the line. You're not an ally, and you're certainly not an accomplice. Oh, snap. Well, there you go. This is how they think. This is like AOC on steroids, all out crazy herself. This is a, a, a teacher, uh, a young woman, purple hair, and she's got this kind of like the bull nose piercing that goes, I guess, through the septum. The times are a-changing, as they would say. But I think this is a little bit more sinister because I don't think she became a teacher just to say, look, I'm really passionate about making sure that little Susie, little Bobby, little Pablo, little whomever knows exactly how to add two plus two and to write a, a, a well-structured sentence. No, I think she did this because she wants to impose her values and her views on your children in the name or under the guise of teaching them as a public school teacher. And if you don't believe me, we can go to some more of her videos, right? She's got another video that she tells us just a little bit more about herself. Check this out. But I'm in California and I'm protected by a union. So I'm going to say what some people can't say. I'm a teacher and I'm bisexual. I'm a teacher and I think that any student has the right to be called by whatever pronouns are most affirming to their gender identity. I'm a teacher and I think that Black Lives Matter and that I should be allowed to say that in my classroom in front of my students. I'm a teacher and I believe in science, which is why I think you should get vaccinated for COVID-19. Oh, and I also believe in the science of wearing a mask. And I can say that because I'm not on my contract time right now. Oh, and I think ethnic studies belongs in school. Ha, so there you go. Now, for a moment, can we pause and think, 
I'm a parent. I have a right to pick and choose how my kid learns things and what he learns or she learns. No, I don't have that right. She has that right magically. And and uh, little Tommy, little Susie, little Juan Pablo, whomever, they have the right to be called whatever they want. Now, these are rights. These are, you know, God-given rights per this teacher, little kitty girl, whatever, on TikTok. Now, this is so disconcerting to me. I don't really have to add much commentary. If you're listening to this and you think, man, power to her, please keep listening to this show. You Maybe you should binge watch three episodes at a time. Maybe that'll help because this is not good. No bueno. Very bad. Muy malo. Now, listen, there's one more clip of her that I want you to listen to because she's, in my opinion, truly out of control. There's no one controlling her. She doesn't respect her position as an educator. She's sure everybody has free speech. I'm not saying she shouldn't have it, but she's clearly defiantly saying, look, this is my thing, my classroom, my this and my that. The parents have nothing to do with it. She's wielding the shield of the union, basically flaunting that, hey, guess what? I don't care if you don't like me. I can't be fired because I'm not here because of merit. I'm here because of political power that runs through a massive teacher's union. That's wrong, but that's where we are. Listen to this one. If you are a white woman that claims you support Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ+, any progressive ideals, concepts, beliefs, you cannot in the same breath also be in a relationship with a man that is conservative or voted for Trump. When you do that, you are choosing to actively still lay in bed with white supremacy and still protect your white comfort. You cannot say that you care about these progressive ideals while still being in a relationship with someone that is actively oppressing those ideals and beliefs. So, first of all, thank you for that. Now I am absolved from having to ever um, date anybody right, (laughs) that espouses those beliefs. So I I think I had that covered anyway. But this is where she's at. It's division. This is not let's celebrate the the successes that we have as a country. This is not let's celebrate the things that make us similar and the same and rather than focus on what divides us and makes us different. This is all about divide and conquer. This is exactly what the Marxist movement is all about. And the Marxist movement is in your classroom. And she's perfect example of it. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You guys know this and you've seen this. But to me, it's so blatant and flagrant, maybe because I'm a little bit older now, right? Maybe if I was in my 20s, um, I would have been like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is the thing. I didn't see teachers like this when my kids were little and they were in kindergarten or whatever. And I don't know what grade she teaches, but she looks like she's still in her 20s. So I doubt that they threw her in her 20s right into high school. Maybe she did. Who knows? But my point is, it's more likely than not that she's teaching younger kids grade school kids. Do you want this woman teaching your children? And if you're saying yes, then that's, hey, that's on you. But anybody who's listening to me who doesn't want this woman, I say to you, good for you. Take your kid out because the money follows the kid. And wherever you end up sending your kid, if it's a charter, which is probably the best thing, a public charter school that operates a little bit better, at least the ones I've seen do, people always have, you know, they pick out the the two or three examples of poorly managed charters that uh, maybe social promote or whatever. And again, I haven't seen much evidence for this, but they hang their hat on this and they say, no, no, this is the problem. It's these schools that are, you know, hurting our children and hurting this and hurting that and hurting the other thing. It's all a bunch of BS. All they're trying to do is manipulate the situation so they can get their way and they can be in front of your children and share their ideology and shape them so they can create the future. No bueno. 
That's bad. We need to stop that. This is why I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So it's time to rise up and do something. Celebrate America. Celebrate your Americanism. Be a patriot. And before we get back on the next episode, we're going to celebrate the birthday of the Devil Dogs, the Jarheads, the United States Marine Corps. So happy birthday to the Leathernecks. And of course, uh, happy Veterans Day to everybody that served in uniform in this country, every single veteran, those that are alive, those that have perished. I salute each and every one of you. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.